We are so glad you're here today. We have a smorgasbord of talk for you to listen to, and we hope you can take something from it. Everything from holidays to encouraging our adult children with our words. We hope you enjoy. Take the listen. Well, hey, Missy, how are you today? Hi, Asha. We're finally back. <laughs> I know. It's been a while. I know. We needed to take a little break because of life circumstances, but here we are, and we just decided to come on today and just chat a little bit about uh, a few things, just life in general, and a couple of articles that we read. Just give them a mention because we found them pretty interesting. But before all that, how about we get into our wins? Do you have a win today, Missy? Yeah. Two of my adult children, one is married with children, the other one is single, decided to put their households together and rent a house. but. They were not saving money and it because it was so expensive and it was just, it was stressful for all of them. So the married couple ended up buying a house and the single person ended up moving out thinking that they would rent immediately the place they were in. That did not happen. So months and months of them paying double rent or and mortgage, like wherever everybody was, they paid that plus the big place. And thankfully, a tenant has come. And so now they don't have, hopefully they don't have to pay October or November. So God oh, is gosh. good. That was very expensive for them. Very. I'm sure. I'm sure it was really stressful yeah. as well. My goodness, that's crazy. We actually also moved into a, a new place at the beginning of September. And it's a lot more expensive. But two of my kids have moved back to Colorado and are sharing the rent for they committed to a year, you know, because of the lease yeah. until they can figure out, okay, what am I going to do next? Am I going to stay in Fort Collins or am I going to move forward someplace else? But we're excited because we're not that we're ungrateful for the place we were staying before because we loved it. It was perfect for a husband and wife, for a couple. But <laughs> when you have a couple of other people in there, it gets really tight and so we're just so glad that we've got this place that we're, we're in now. So that is not my win, but I guess that is a win. <laughs> my win, I just <laughs> wanted to highlight my daughter who at the beginning of, actually it was on Labor Day, purchased a car. She gave a substantial down payment and she got lower payments and was so excited. She bought a Jeep Compass, which was awesome. And then a week later, it started after a certain mm -hmm. speed, it would clunk into gear. And so she was a little concerned. My son was concerned too when he was driving and riding it. And then we noticed that there was some leaking on the driveway and it was kind of a pinkish color. So apparently the transmission was having issues, but she purchased it from CarMax and they have this 30-day guarantee. So she was able to return it. She hasn't gotten the check in the mail yet for the town payment, but it seemed like pretty hassle-free. But I thought that was just a pretty adult decision to make because she could have kept it. And they did have this plan that she purchased. If there was any car issues or mechanical issues, she could take it in and they would fix it for her for a certain amount of time. She was kind of like, well, if it's a transmission issue, it's probably not a good thing to keep it because who knows down the road it might continue to do that. So she just made the decision to return it, which was a couple of weeks ago. And now she's looking for another car, but I'm just proud of her that she was able to make that decision and not 
just fall in love with the car so much. So that was a pretty adult thing to do. She's the youngest. So I, I just want to highlight that win this week. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's too bad because I often hear that as cute as Jeeps are, they're horrible in terms of, of maintenance and how they troubleshooting them. So yeah. it's too bad because I'm sure that was a fun little Jeep. It was a nice, well, it was a Jeep Compass. So it was a, not just like the regular Jeeps, but it was a Jeep Compass. So it was an, another SUV type looking car. And she did love it. And it, it the interior was nice. It was just really nice. But the thing is, it's funny that you say that because after we returned it and told people, oh yeah, she was having problems. She goes, yeah, Jeeps are the worst. Everybody that we talked to are like, we hear Jeeps are the worst. And J.D. Powers says that Jeeps are not the, the best car to buy or whatever. And we're like, why didn't you tell us this before we got the car? I'm just glad that she was able to work that out. And she is still going to purchase the vehicle, just has to wait a little bit on it. And the other thing is my son got a job at that place. So he gets a discount. And after 30 days of working there, she can have the discount as well because he's her sibling. Oh, so that's, that's pretty wonderful. cool. So she said, well, maybe it worked out. Okay. Get a discount anyway. Yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> so that, that's my win for this week. Yeah, that's, a, that's great. And you and I haven't been able to talk in a little while. It's just been go, go, go for both of us. I think we haven't even been able to sit down at, at a phone call or anything, much less get um, our podcast together. So I'm so excited to be able to talk yeah. to you today. Yeah, it's been a while. And I know I know where you are and I know what you're about, but it's been so busy for both of us. But I'm glad we're here today. And we didn't really have a formal outline for today's show, but we just wanted to chat and kind of talk about life and things that are coming up, such as the holiday season and just a couple of articles that Missy sent me. She's so good about sending me things that I think she knows will encourage me or things that'll be like, what is that about? <laughs> so we wanted to just maybe touch on them, not, not go through the whole articles or anything, but there was one article that she sent recently, and I thought it was a good fit for the last guest that we had, which I hope everybody enjoyed the last episode with Pastor Jen Lord. I just felt like that some of the information she gave and the tools that she gave us uh, were really a blessing to me, especially in the season that I was in, dropping my daughter off and everything. It kind of like opened my eyes to certain things that I didn't realize, such as the, the and I, I think I knew it in the back of my mind, but the thing about her talking about how they're in a totally different world than we were when we were growing up and how they're kind of being launched later and later now because of just the circumstances of, of society today. And so that was just a, a little bit more of an iron opener. I thought, well, gosh, when I was this age, I was already this. And my husband will say, when I was that age, I had three kids and things like that. But it's such a different world now that we live in. And it's kind of even some point scary because these kids, they have to go to college and think about what if there's an active shooter on the campus? I don't think I ever gave that a thought when we were growing up. Or what if I go to a party and somebody puts something in a drink I'm drinking and it doesn't have to be alcohol, whatever drink it is. And how, how do I face that? I don't think I ever thought of that when I was in college. 
So it's just interesting and eye-opening. And I hope that parents that were listening were able to receive from that and learn from it and maybe readjust our thinking on how we approach our kids in different circumstances. And one of the articles that you sent, actually both of them were concerning, I think, this age of kids. But the last one, the most recent was talking about renting a mom or something like that. (laughs) And you sent it to me and to your kids in the same text. And (laughs) I, I thought, that's pretty cool that she sent it to me and the kids. But I think one of your kids was like, that's really weird. <laughs> but I think it's because he has mom there near him, you know, or near enough that you can just drive out for three hours in the middle of the night to take him some medicine or something. If you if you were really stressed about it. I remember that one time you said I didn't have to do that, yeah. but I did. <laughs> anyway, and he thought it was weird, but. I'm thinking there are so many kids, and I know my daughter has told me about some of the students that are there that are just different. They they come from a different background, a different upbringing, and some of them don't have moms or their moms had been abusive or things like that. So I think it's a pretty good idea. So what did you think about that article? What were your... Yeah. First well, impressions like, that, that made you send I, it to me. I don't have to drive Uber. I could just be a rent-a-mom because <laughs> I, got, I got all kinds yeah. of lectures ready for anybody who wants to hear it. <laughs> but we have an admin assistant right now in our office that we hired from one of the local universities. And I met her at a career fair that was part-time and temporary work. And we wanted somebody who could do 20 to 30 hours in our office. I was asking her about her calculus test that she had been really stressed about. And she said, you know, it was stressful, but I just got to the point, I was like, whatever grade I get, that's the grade I get. But she said, when we were taking the test, a freshman got up from her seat, walked over to the teacher, was bawling her eyes out, hands in her test and runs out the room. She's like, and then the rest of us just kept finishing our test. Everybody did so poorly that he had to lower the grade expectations so that everybody could at least get, you know, B, C's, and D's. So instead of it being worth so many points, he lowered it. But he said, but she was saying that this young student had a pretty big impression on the teacher and everybody, how stressed out they were. I just, I just, I can't remember feeling that way in college. I felt like crying, but I would have not wanted to have cried in front of everybody. And so it just tells you that our young people are super stressed out. They don't know what to do with these emotions. And in some instances, they do need more support from somebody, you know, their parents or their mentors or their friends, but it's a, it's a tough place to be. Yeah, it really is. I, and I know my daughter has called more than a few times and said, I just miss you guys. I just miss my sister being here. I just miss you guys. And it's not just because she's in college, but she's in college far away. It's a whole different atmosphere, an unfamiliar place. And there's no one there that is familiar to her. 
So I imagine these students go and they're they're just feeling alone, you know. Yeah. And if it's if there's somebody there that can bring them encouragement and 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 help them, I think that's pretty interesting that that they're making a business out of it. I kind of had this thing like with the House of Prayer. I I have a heart for that age, you know, Gen Z. I have a heart to like to encourage them to be able to do the best that they can do that. I don't know why I'm drawn to that age group. And maybe it's because that's a natural and biblical thing to do is to help the next generation after you to, you know, because the Bible does talk about older women teach the younger women and things like that. So I, I think it's a biblical thing to do. I think for me, it's more of a ministry type of thing to have businesses out there or people out there recognize it, that it could make a profit and be a business. That's interesting. I don't know how to feel about it yet. I don't know if it's, I'm like, yeah, it's good. But then I don't know. It's like kind of like you're taking <laughs> the profit for this. That should be something that's just given for free, but maybe not. Maybe the parents need somebody there and they can't be there. And I'm thinking if I did have the money, would I uh, pay someone to help my daughter. And I guess I would, I would do that. I would have hoped it'd be somebody that she would have more natural or organic relationship with and not somebody I have to pay to be there. But either way, if there's somebody that's helping them being a blessing to her, then that's a good thing, I guess. The article said something about it, making people making $10,000 a year that's it, to do this. And I'm like, that's a lot of money for being a mom, I mean, I always used to say, I wish I could just get paid for being a mom and staying home and doing the house chores and things like that. And there's a way to do it, I guess, yeah. now. So that's a kind of funny You could just get thing. 10 students um, and then make 100000 a year and run around dropping off lunch and tissues and cough syrup and, <laughs> you know, all of that. And giving hugs yeah. and, and picking them up when they're drunk in the middle of the night and they don't have a way yeah. home. Yeah, stuff like that. Because that's the kind of thing I think that the college-age students would be wanting and looking for is somebody that could be there to to depend on and rely on when when things get hard and or if they mess up or something like that, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. I, well, I, and to just kind of go on that, what you said about it being it could have been a ministry. I mean, there used to be churches that were near college campuses. They would help the students or invite them over for lasagna or something like that. And then there used to be Campus Crusade for Christ. Maybe there still is. And they would have kind of like a student yeah. union hall where you could go and study and, and meet with other students and get snacks and things like that. But even now, as kids, even if they get tied into a church, if it's a really big church, that minister has hundreds of kids, 18 to 25 or older, that just fall off the radar. So it's too bad. It's just, it could have been, it could yeah. have been an amazing ministry, but now you kind of have to pay for it if you want it. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting, and it might have planted a seed in my heart to to maybe start something at the House of Prayer. Aren't we'll you see. guys across um, from the university? The other art. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting, and it may, might have planted a seed in my heart to to maybe start something at the House of Prayer. But we'll see. Aren't, aren't the other you guys art across from the university? 
Yeah, we're really close to the university. We're in Old Town and the, the university is on the west side of college and we're on the east side of college. So it's just like maybe three blocks away from where we're at. So so it's pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, the, uh, we get a lot of kids in there. We were in there on Friday night and my husband was slotted to lead worship for the Friday night event. And there were so many young adults in there and some of them were high school students and there was some that were college students. What was interesting was at the end, they all were talking together and one of the college students came up and was talking to us at the very end because he's waiting for his girlfriend to come out of the bathroom. And he said, I said, oh, so are you with those students that go to that high school? Because I know where, where they were from. And he said, no, we're actually students that go to CSU, but we met them and we're going to go have dinner with them. So we're going to get to talk and stuff. And they're actually, the, the high school students asked if they could use the building to do a Gen Z revival worship night. So we've slotted that and we mentioned that in the worship night on Friday. So this guy and his girlfriend were so excited about it. And they're going to be bringing people into that from CSU. So I'm just like, it's just, it's just really cool. I told the guy that was the high school student that's been doing the worship because they were interns at the House of Prayer this summer. And I was praying over him and I just felt like I thought he was college age because I felt like the Lord was saying, you're going to have an impact on the college students this year. And so it's so interesting that he's now started this young adults night and that these college students are interested in coming to the night that he's going to be leading. So I'm just like, wow, God, you're so good. It's so awesome. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just excited that something's happening. And I think that is something that is very much needed, whether it's paid for or not, that these students do need moms to help them out or a support system, a mentor, somebody to be there to, to listen to them or to help them or just to be a blessing to them, to encourage them, to give them wisdom. And it's awesome when it is somebody that is a godly person that can impart into them, because if not, the world will get them, you know, the world will impart into them things that they do not need to have to deal with or, or to go through. So just keep our kids, our college students covered in prayer for this next season. I just believe it's kind of a strategic time for the Lord to move upon the campuses and even the high school campuses to reawaken the the youth and to draw them into his kingdom. So I'm excited about that for, for this season now. The other article you sent me, four words every struggling adult child needs to hear. Right. Four words every struggling adult child needs to hear. That's That's awesome. And the four words are, I believe in you. So I just thought that is so perfect because students now in college, even in high school, I mean, they go and they feel like they have this enormous load on them because they have to do well. I know this is something I see in my daughter firsthand because she is like, I don't want to fail out. Oh, I don't want to fail out. I just want to do the best I can. I don't know if I'm going to do well on campus as, I, as well as I did online. Because you have more time when you're online to read through things and do things. And sometimes when you're called on in the classroom, it's a lot different than 
It's like instant. Give us an answer right this minute. What are you thinking right now? And so it kind of like is intimidating to some of the kids. I think that that's really good advice to give is to just always encourage our kids that we believe in them because we could always tell them you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong because we can see certain things they, they may or may not be doing wrong. There's enough of that out there. And sometimes they are their own self-critics and they don't need us heaping stuff on them as well. So that was really a really good insight and advice for us to speak words of affirmation into our yeah, adult I, children. I don't, think, I don't think I've ever said to them, I believe in you. I don't, I don't think I've ever verbalized it like that. But when When any of my kids are like, oh, it's going to be so hard, or this is the biggest challenge I faced, or I just not sure what to do. I say things like, oh, you already, you already did that before. Remember this other thing you did? It was so hard, but you, Mm -hmm. you came out on top or you were the honored person or you got that raise. And so I try to remind Mm -hmm. them of past experiences where they were successful. And then when I see them struggling and doing things that are incongruent with who they really are, I'll say something like, that doesn't seem like you. I'm not used to seeing you be jealous or depressed or staying in that state of mind. I'm used to seeing you be your real self. So it's just a reminder, like what you're facing right now isn't forever and this isn't the real you. Yeah, that's really good. I am reminded of that proverb in, I think it's chapter 18, that says the power of life and death are in the tongue. And that is a really sobering thought. With our words, we can bring life to our our adult children or we can bring death to their dreams. When we speak to them, I think that's something that we should remember. Like, are we telling them, ah, you failed again, or you did that again, or, oh man, why'd you do that? Or, you know, we can say, oh, wow, well, you know, things happen, but we learn from our mistakes and we move forward and we learn and that's how we grow. Let's go ahead and try again. That makes a big difference because if we continuously tell them what they're doing wrong, it it makes them just want to give up. Yeah, it does. But I think as adults, we have our own disappointments and stresses about our kids being independent, being financially stable, making good choices. So it's easy to come down on them because Mm -hmm. we've always held them accountable their whole lives. And now that they're adults, we can hold them accountable a little bit, but really it's on them to be that person. And so, you know, I've had friends say, well, if my daughter shows up here pregnant, I'm kicking her out of the house. And I'm like, hold on, because if that happens, you're you're either going to have to eat those words or follow through on those words. And then what? What does that do right. for your relationship? Or people saying, you know, I'm so ashamed of what you're working at right now or what you're doing. You know, I wish you were doing something different. This is not how I thought you would turn out. I spent all that money on lessons or sports and look what you're doing with your life. And it Again, it's those words. They don't win their hearts and they don't encourage them to try harder. But I'm not judging the parent that says that because it can feel like, why are you here? Why are you in this hole when I've done 
everything I can to give you a better life or to show you better. Mm -hmm. It can it can be really hard on a parent, right? Also, yeah, and it, I it get that. Feel, it can feel fake. I mean, that article, the lady's like, "Yeah, I believe in you to your son," and the mom's like, "Yeah, but all he does is lie to us and steal from us and not come up, you know, not not be who we want him to be." And she's like, "You got to start somewhere with the encouragement, right?" I know people as well that have those situations where it's like, yeah, this kid starts something, but then they never finish. They're, they're adults now. They say, oh, I'm 18. You can't tell me what to do. But yet then they're living under their roof and they're <laughs> not contributing to whatever the household is. And so there's that point where you have to draw the line. I understand that. But you don't have to do it in a mean way with bitterness because yeah. there's sometimes people will just say things like, yeah, I knew you would, I knew you would quit. I, I knew you wouldn't follow through with that or whatever. Instead of that, say, you know, tr try to say it in some, some more kind words. Maybe this isn't the, the thing for you. What is it that you like to do? And try to help them to walk through in their mind what they like to do, what they do well, and maybe it'll be something that they have a passion for to try next instead of just trying something that they're thinking, oh, yeah, so-and-so said they could finish this in nine months and then they could have a job. But is it something that you're called to or is it something that you even like doing? Because if you don't like doing it, then you won't follow through with it. At least now in this day and age, I think people won't. I think back when our parents were for younger, they did what they had to do and they just swallowed the pill and moved forward. Now, in this day and age that we live in, it seems like people are trying to find something that they enjoy to do. And that's kind of maybe one of the reasons that they're taking longer to figure out what they're going to do with their lives because they're like, okay, well, I don't like doing that, but I like doing this. So it's just an interesting, it's an interesting time of, of the world that we live in. Yeah, I was reading something the other day about young people. I don't know if I sent it to you, young adults, that one of the situations was they were working lots of, they, all, they had a real job and then they had all their side hustles that they were working on. And it was because they had seen their parents, our generation, work jobs where they got laid off and they had nothing saved, nothing going for them. And so they just felt like they needed to, to put that all together and be working more than one job. But I wonder if they watched our generation work jobs we hated, but it was a little more visible because our parents worked jobs sometimes that they hated, but they didn't let us know that. They were quiet. They just right. went to work and put one foot in front of the other. But our generation, we may have said to our kids, God, I hate this job, but I got to do it. And so they, right now you've got kids that are gun shy. They're like, I don't want to work a job I hate. So I'll just wait till I get there, till I'm sure of what yeah. I want. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Hmm. Thought. Yeah. So as long as we continue to pray for them, encourage them, I think. They'll definitely, the word promises they'll be on the right track, you know, they'll do well, but, you know, it's kind of difficult sometimes when you have circumstances and, and just life issues hit you that 
are beyond your control or beyond their control. And then they have their own mind. And sometimes it's total opposite of what your thoughts are. So our part, I guess, is to continue to pray, step back and do not meddle, <laughs> just mother, right? Yeah. Well, I have a story about that. One of my children has their associate's degree and was starting to look for colleges and decide what they were going to do for their bachelor's degree, got some good advice at work and decided, okay, that's the degree that I need to do to move forward with what I want to accomplish. Turns out the school closest to them that offers that degree is a Christian private college. They got accepted because of their grades in their associate's degree. They got a $9,000 scholarship. And now they are required to take classes like New Testament and Old Testament. <laughs> and I have to say that I had prayed for spiritual growth for them, but I was like, God, how can I, the next time I see them, what am I going to say that's just going to turn their life around? Or who are you going to send that's going to just encourage them in their, you know, in their seeking of God and their spirituality? And now I don't have to say nothing because they just got an 88 on their New Testament test. And they are learning mm -hmm. everything about the Bible, not just like, like they said it, this is not Sunday school stuff. This is archaeology and science and proof and math and all this and history about the Bible that I probably don't, won't know and don't know that they're getting the opportunity to learn. So parents don't decide for God how the answer is going to come. Really just lay it out at his feet and pray every day, pray several times a day and let God be God. Yeah, that's so awesome. It's so good how God orchestrates <laughs> things. And it's just even better than we could even imagine or, or plan out ourselves. And that's just great. Yeah. Changing the subject, I just want to talk about the upcoming holidays and, and what, not specific plans, but I know that you have two adult kids that are married. So I know you have to have their time divided and stuff like that. And we talked about this before uh, a little bit, but I just wanted to touch on it today since the, the holidays are coming up and people out there that are listening are probably having the same circumstances as like their kids might be going to the in-laws house for a certain holiday and to your house for another holiday or, or how that works. And I just want to encourage parents to just be open-minded and just hold your kids openly. Don't hold them tightly. Don't hold them tight to yourself and demand that they do something because it's kind of a struggle for all the families, not just your family, but for their own little family the, if they just recently got married or engaged or whatever it is. But also the other family, too, is probably struggling as well. And, and they want to see the kids as much as we do. So do you have any, Missy, thoughts or ideas about how you could work something out to be able to share the time of your married kids? Yeah. So it is easy for the main mom, the grandma, the mom, the the matriarch of the family to say, no, it's at my house and I want to use 
my special stove and my casserole dish and my, my, my. And some of our kids were here last year for both Christmas and Thanksgiving. We were kind of shocked. And I told my husband, I said, you better like this for what we got it, but do not expect to see them at all next year because now we're going to have to share them. I don't know how we landed both holidays, but I was like, okay, we got them. Then expect nothing next year. But my daughter, who lives kind of halfway between us and my son that lives the farthest and my parents that live a couple hours from her, she said, how about I do Thanksgiving at my house? And it's kind of a central location. And then I don't have to travel so much because she's got the youngest grandchild that's about to turn one next week. And so she said, well, what about just Thanksgiving here? And I said, that's perfect. So it's not going to be in my stove. It's not going to be in my casserole dish, but I'm going to go there and just give what I can and, and participate and share and, and help, you know, with the cooking as needed. So I think that's one thing is just being flexible and saying, whoever can meet, let's meet. And the other thing, Asha, if none of the kids come home, grab your husband, or if you're single, grab your best friend and go do something fun by yourselves. Just don't sit home and cry and watch Hallmark movies and wonder where it all went wrong. Go do something fun and go stay at a hotel. Really just get out. Don't sit there in your grief and loneliness. Yeah, that's really good advice. I think I have one other suggestion that may work with some families, but not with all families, because not all families have that kind of a bond. But I think one suggestion would be maybe invite the other in-laws over for one of the holidays so that you are all together. Now, this would That's probably only idea. work with uh, <laughs> people that have smaller families that maybe have only one child or whatever. It's a thought that I've had for my I only have one son that's in a relationship and they're not married yet, but they still have to, they don't have to, but they still make an appearance at both houses for the holidays or try to. And now that we've moved far, far away, they can't do that because they're in a whole nother state. So they're trying to figure out what to do. If it was up to me, I'd have the whole family here and and mom and dad too, and have them come and hang out with us for Christmas. But We'll see. I don't know. So that's one of my suggestions <laughs> if for those families that have smaller families and can can do that. And I think it's just sharing, right? Sharing is what the, the whole point is so that you can be blessed. And being uh, flexible. All around. Right. Flexibility and, and sharing. Yeah, for sure. So are you looking forward to the holidays, Missy? I, I haven't had time to think about them, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. You know what? Uh, and I haven't had much time except for the fact that I was talking with my son and, and we were discussing that, like where, where they're going to be for Christmas or Thanksgiving, because we're not demanding that anybody be here. But of course, we'd love for, for them to be here. It just crossed my mind. So I thought, well, we should mention it before the holidays so people can think about it. Because if they wait till the last week before Thanksgiving and they're like, are you coming to ours? Cause we're expecting you here or whatever. Then it might cause some turmoil in the family that that's never good around the holidays or any time at all, I guess. But 
I thought I'd yeah. just throw that out there for people to think about. And hopefully our listeners, if they have any ideas, they'll email us at notmeddlingjustmothering at gmail.com and give us some of your ideas. What are your thoughts? Well, and, and I do want to say one more thing, Asha. Moms, don't make your son choose between you and his wife. Don't put him in that situation. It's, it's painful. Mm -hmm. I know moms want a special place in everybody's heart, but don't do that because it just causes so much strife. And your daughter-in-law, she'll know, you know, even if he doesn't tell her, she'll know that you're the one pulling the strings and manipulating the emotions. Yeah, that's really good. And you know what? This might not be something that every mom wants to hear, but in Genesis, the Bible talks about leaving and cleaving to the wife. He's already made the choice anyway, mom. He loves you, but he's chosen his wife. So, so don't make him try to come back home to you, okay? Yeah. Let's go ahead and close in prayer, Missy. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be a blessing to not only our own children, but to other young adults that we come in contact with every day, help us to be a light to them. And at the same time, let our motherly skills show in ways that we can honor you, God, and bless them. We thank you for all that you do for us. And we ask that you be with all of our listeners, protecting them, guiding them, and giving them wisdom and strength. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, it's been a while since you met with us. But we are back, and I hope that you enjoyed today's little chat on how to start thinking about the holidays and ways to encourage your children. You've got this, mamas. <laughs>